What's cracking? It's your homie, Lil Mystery. You are now listening to the Emo Brown Podcast, the downest fool in Chula Vista since AC Slater, homie. Ladies and gentlemen and low lives, we are here with another episode of Emo Brown, the podcast. Yeah. On a Monday with Chicle, the God. Chicle, you have bequeathed upon us many awesome guests in your past, in your tenure here with Emo Brown. Yeah, never here though in the This is the first one. This this is like the first uh, Steve-O Chicle collab on guests in the new studio, in the new HQ, bro. And I have a feeling you knocked it out of the park, bro. Tell me a little about who would you bring in today? All right, would you bring in someone that we've talked about this guest a bunch of times uh, throughout my time on the podcast, Um, and I'm really excited because in the Dad Bod Pod that we recorded recently, we talked Dad Bod Pod, yeah, (laughs) tongue twister. Uh, We talked about you know mental health. For ourselves, for our families, our community, um, and this is a person that is doing just that here in San Diego and, and doing it in a very different way than, you know, as I mentioned, growing up, therapy, counseling, all of that seemed foreign, not for us. Almost or, taboo, if I'll yes. say it, bro. Almost like, wait, no mamas, you're getting therapy, dog? See, like something's What's t- wrong like, with you? Why? Exactly. That's weird. Shameful. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, real talk. Yeah. Almost, you know what? Not to put people in my family on blast. Almost still to this day. Like if you tell right. them like, hey, I think I need to talk. Por qué? Exactly. Why? You have us. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, motherfuckers, the motherfuckers <laughs> I got to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny as you say that, I don't know that I've told my parents or even my sister who I think would be on board with I, you. I feel notion. like they'd be cool with it, but I've never told them that I actually went to therapy and use it whenever I need it. You know, it's just that we didn't grow up that way. So to have someone that is doing it in a different way. And, and I think what captured my attention was... The connection to hip hop and music and just culture and very different from anything I had ever heard of, you know. So, yeah, it's gonna be good. Without any further guessing games, mm-hmm. we've got with us local therapist, a killer in her own re- regards, holds it down for the city of San Diego, Miss Brittany Williams. Hey, what's going on? Hey, thanks for having me. We've We've been hearing you about you for a minute. Really? Chicla's been hyping you for longer. It's like, bro, you have to have her. And I said, let's go then. Let's get it. But I mean, we, we've been, we just moved into these new digs. And yeah. I, 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 that was kind of like trigger shy at the old spot at the brewery because it's just all like closed. And through the pandemic, yeah. some people dungeon. were weird about it at the dungeon. It was just weird down there. And we're out and we're here. And I feel like the quality of guests that we have is going to increase. Obviously, duh, to my left. <laughs> Brittany, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm originally from um, L.A., L.A. area, greater L.A. area. Better talk San Diego or L.A.? Uh, don't, d- don't ask me that. <laughs> I was asking I don't want to get earlier. canceled out. Okay, so, so listen, listen, listen. I'm from, I'm from the San Gabriel Valley, mm-hmm. so it's like 30 minutes from the city of L.A. I say L.A. because L.A.'s huge. Like, you can't, you we're talking about not just Boyle Heights, East L.A., but you go, you go into all the valleys, like... There's so many good spots. Now, I'm totally open to being wrong. I want to be wrong because I live out here and this is home to me now. 
I probably don't know all the spots, so um, I'm I'm open to. That's a long way of saying <laughs> LA, bro. <laughs> That's a really long way. Of I, I saw I saw the uh, the post that uh, the last uh, the last episode you guys did with that that list that was released. I was like, what the hell? Austin, Texas. Who knew? What? <laughs> I still don't. Yeah. I don't believe. I would have been that. cool with anywhere from Cali, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the top five. Almost anywhere in Cali, yeah. but that's neither here nor there. Specifically, mm-hmm. not here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am happy that you are taking time out of your busy schedule to cruise yeah. in and and share with all of us something that I feel during the pandemic was exposed like a like an open sore, like an open wound. You pulled the bandaid off, and there was nothing there or no one there to make it better, which is mental health. Yeah, negative mental health. Becoming aware that you have something going on with your mental health. Yeah. So thank you for coming in and, and kind of shedding a little light on a often put in the corner topic on an often a, something that we don't we don't want to talk about. For sure. No, 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 no. Estás bien, estás bien. Yeah. Otra cerveza. Like, just go over there. Chill out. Mm-hmm. No, no, no problem. Yeah. Delve into it. Man, um, how far you want me to go back? When well, I, I'm curious, like, when did you know this was a career you oh, wanted yeah, yeah, to yeah. pursue? So, like, like you're saying, like, I had I had no idea what therapy was growing up. My dad's from East LA. My mom's from Monterey Park. A lot of people don't know this about me, but my roots are actually in San Diego. My family, my grandpa is actually from Eden Gardens. My family is like one of the original families of La Colonia. So. Uh, we grew up just hardworking, you know, like that's what Mexicans are. So we know. It's all we know. It's like, you know, you hustle, you provide food, provide a home, right? But we don't really invest in thinking about how our kids might benefit from the healed version of us. You know, what we are like in the place in a place of being at peace with ourselves and that joy with, with what we do. So basically to take it back, um, I struggled in school. Like elementary school, no lie. I grew up in the '90s, right? My 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 principal told my parents I would never make it. Mm. They legit, she legit told my mom like she's never gonna live independently. She's gonna need your support forever. Cause that's I, a different approach than today. Whoa. <laughs> right? That's was, a different approach. Wow. Oh, my Man. dad still, my dad still wants to find find <laughs> like. Wait, I'll, that show, was, that, I'll show you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was the principal that the said. The principal that? told told my parents Damn. that, and so. You know, my dad my dad got a little gangster with her, you know, told her off. Basically, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. I was like, man, this academic stuff, this isn't for me. And it wasn't until I went to high school, uh, and my homie Carlos introduced me to underground hip-hop. And we went to our first hip-hop show, and I was introduced to, like, Tumex, Visionaries, Hieroglyphics. Visionaries. And Tumex was, like, especially of Mexican descent, they, they like... They made me have pride in myself. Like, okay, this school shit isn't for me, but, like, I'm proud to be Mexican-American, right? Like, we're dope. I had thought hip-hop was all, like, industry hip-hop, what I saw. You know, of course, you're raised on West Coast hip-hop in the 90s, but I, I would, this was a different exposure. And everyone mm-hmm. at this hip-hop show had their shine. The breakdancers, the DJs, right? The um, graffiti artists, like, le- legit doing murals and selling their art, like... I was like, damn, this is dope. So I started freestyling and, you know, performing. I got into, after high school, I got into the local LA underground hip hop scene. Which is huge. Yeah, it's huge. But it was also like super diverse, right? So um, again, I was I just fell in love with it. So I also had a professor in community college. Um, basically, let me backtrack. I graduated high school. I got pregnant the, the, year, the year after. So I was a single mom, a teen mom, really, had no direction. 
Um, I had a professor in community college, Jake Wilson. He teaches at Cal State Long Beach State. I still talk to him. He changed my life. He's like, you can go to any college you want to go to. He introduced me to, like, Gloria Anzaldúa's work, Angela Davis, like, real revolutionaries. And I was like, damn, I never learned about this in high school. And I was like, this is what I want to do forever. I want to inspire like they do. So he's like, you can go to any school you want to go to. Where do you want to go? I was like, any? He's like, yeah. I was like, I want to go to USC. Mm. And so he's like, let's go. He got me connected with all these, like, all these people. My daughter was going to daycare at school with me for free. Like, I was getting grants. School, I was obsessed. Transferred to USC. I got in. I had had to get, like, 14 consecutive A's and honors for SC to even consider me. Because I graduated high school, like, all D minuses. But you did it. I did it. I did it. So that was, like, my redemption. Um you know, story. And then when I was at USC, I, I like... That was for your elementary preschool or your elementary principal right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was, I'm not going to lie, being at USC was like very weird because you're in LA, but everyone there doesn't look like me. And everyone there comes from money. Like I couldn't afford to kick it with them if I wanted to. It's just a very different experience. So I got involved in L.A. underground hip-hop, started making music, started performing, started connecting out there. And then from there, I started to see, like, in hip-hop studio sessions, you talk about the dungeon. Like, that's what the recording studios were back while it was in the homies back, you know. Uh, you know, storage spot or whatever. That's that's where magic happens, though. Yeah, it you know? does. It, it does. really does. But it was. I just felt bad bringing people in there. <laughs> I was like, I can't bring like like legit like heavy hitters in here. It's like yeah, yeah. how embarrassing for us. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, the way studio sessions went down is like I sat, I talked to my homie EQ, who was a producer, it was like a good friend of mine. Uh, we would process, and it's like a lot like therapy, right? I didn't know anything about therapy at this time, but I just knew like it was very healing, like. What are we talking about? How are you going to say that? What is this going to mean for people? Right? And then you get in the booth, and as a rapper, you have to have breath control. You have to have cadence. You have to speak from your from your gut, right? And so I started recognizing, like, damn, there's a lot of healing stuff happening here for not just me, but everybody involved. Um, the vibration of beats, right? Like, we think about the, the connection to bilateral movement. We are regulated by rhythm, like that's a that's well known. So I was like, I need to go to grad school to figure this out. I need to research the connection between the healing power of hip hop and our brain and our mental health. So I did that. Applied to graduate school. Um, I got married. My husband was in the military, so we got stationed in Hawaii. I started looking at that work, and then I was introduced to Dr. Tyson's work, who is a well known. He passed, so R.I.P. Dr. Tyson. He's like one of my my favorite people, and the the work just was so inspiring. I connected with his mentee, J.C. Hall, out of South Bronx. He runs a hip hop therapy studio oh, there, nice. and um, we hip-hop started hip hop therapy. Yeah, we didn't have to tell us so, about that. Yeah, yeah. You're at USC. What was your undergrad? My undergrad was in was sociology. Oh, so I was looking wow. at at that time I was studying the art scene out there. Actually, yeah. we were looking at privilege that exists within. Um, you know, traditional contemporary art spaces versus the street graffiti art scene at the at the time. Um, in LA, they had the Art Walk. Mm-hmm. It was like I think it was like on Wednesday nights. Everyone had their art out. I mean, it was just it it was just so huge. So we started. I was researching more um, hip hop culture on a macro scale, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, and then that's when I was like actively making music. And I'm like, I need to look at the brain. I need to look at what's happening yeah. in the brain as you make music, as you engage in in this type of um, craft. 
What did you learn? What came out of that? Because I feel like yeah. legitimately, if I'm in a foul mood, if I'm in a sour mood, certain music, certain things, they flip the script for me real quick. So what I learned is that the brain is developed from the bottom up, right? So what that means is the bottom part of your brain is the feelings part of your brain. You are designed to feel first before we think. So a lot of us are like, well, we need to just check our negative thoughts. Well, look, homie, you got to feel your feelings first. You got to regulate the nervous system. So when, when I think about that, what I learned is that our nervous systems are regulated through patterned, repetitive, rhythmic movement. When we think about why that is as humans, when babies are in the womb, what do they hear? Heartbeat and they feel movement. So when babies are born, how do we soothe babies? Mm. We rock them, we hum, we sing to them, right? That regulates the bottom part of the brain. So then when your reg- when your nervous system is regulated, right? Now the top part of the brain comes on, but if it's not regulated, the top, top part of the brain shuts down. Imagine being 43 and not knowing how the fuck my brain works, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Well, we, don't, it, we don't talk it, about it. Right. We don't talk about it. That's I, the problem. And this is the first time I hear it explained in this yeah. way. Jesus. But I, I remember not too long ago, you know, when, when um, my friend Leo passed and I was listening to all the music that he introduced me to, which mm-hmm. was like Slayer and, and, you know, things of that nature. And I was wondering why I was struggling. I think even probably more than I could have been. Um, and I, I met with my therapist at that point and, and they shared of like, hey, well, you know, what are you listening to or what kind of music? And, and we talked about music and the rhythms and, and all of that. And I, I switched to some reggae, which we also enjoyed together. And my mood changed, you know, and, and it's interesting, right? Because I love fast, loud music. Yes. And to me, it had always been, quote unquote, therapeutic, but. I realize now, like, maybe not so much or in some ways. I feel like everyone's different, too, right? Like, music, I know for me, like, I have to work out to, like, Rage Against the Machine or, like, you know, something that is a higher frequency and vibration or faster. So when we look at processing trauma, what we do is we integrate bilateral stimulation. Bilateral stimulation is... I think you hit like the Pee Wee's Playhouse word of the day. <laughs> bilateral stimulation. <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah, so bilateral stimulation is when you think about something that is stressful, but you move bilaterally. Right? So if we think think about this. If you were to be stressed out, something's bothering you, you go on a bike ride, you're probably gonna feel better after. Okay. Because you're bilaterally moving. You know the left and right side of your body, so we integrate mm. that into therapy. And so that's like a walk, también. Yeah, like walk, that? and that's exactly what happens in REM sleep. So that's the body's natural way to process information and the stress that we've experienced throughout our day. What happens in REM sleep? Your eyes move right, left, right, left. So there, in therapy, we use that's called. There's a certain model called EMDR where we integrate eye movement, but it could be tapping, it could be rocking, right? And the reason why we do that is because it regulates the bottom part of the brain. It regulates the nervous system. So one of the things that we don't talk about is, like, why are we dysregulated, right? And so I like to think of it, uh, Dr. Herrero, who runs a, a institute in Mexico, gave this analogy, and he talks about, like, food, right? So what's your favorite kind of food? I enjoy Mexican food, Brittany. Thank you for asking. How? Okay, give me specific though. I love chile rellenos. Okay, mm. what else? Um, I do like chilaquiles. Okay, 
What else? Ah, carne asada. Don't stop. Tamales. All right. I like albondigas. I like carnes en su jugo. I do. Damn, dog. I went deep. And I'm therapeutically cured. So, so let's say, let's, let's say we have all that food right here, right now. What? Right? I ain't and leaving. Let's, let's say we're grubbing. All of us are grubbing. What's mm-hmm. going to happen to our digestive system? Who fucking cares? Ooh. That shit was good. <laughs> right, right. In the moment, in the moment, we feel that way, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. after... We have heartburn, yeah. right? We get tired. We get we have all these symptoms that mm-hmm. come. Well, that's what mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. to our nervous system when we experience a lot of stressors, right? So let's say we experience community, you know, environmental community violence when we were little. Let's say mm-hmm. our family, our parents had a volatile relationship. We were exposed to domestic violence. Let's say that we grew up with someone who in the home that suffered from substance use. Let's say our teachers didn't believe in us, right? And were constantly criticizing and shaming us. Then we move on to our friends. They're constantly putting us down or we had to fight our way through, through shit, right? What happens? That's going to overwhelm the nervous system and the brain cannot process all that information at once and so it gets stuck and so what we look at is the symptoms now manifest as anxiety they manifest as depression they manifest as imposter syndrome they manifest as self-doubt right or anger damn i got all that mm-hmm. and that's because the body stores it Fuck, why can't it store muscles? Why does it got to always store the negative shit? <laughs> oh, man, imagine having this information when it was relevant, not at fucking 43 yeah. when it's like it's too late. I only got But like- it's not. Uh. It's not because of what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what Brittany's describing, too, is we grow up and we learn from the environment that we're in and it's yeah. information that's being sent in. You know, so thinking about our kids, like this is the perfect time Mm -hmm. to understand this and take care of ourselves so that we could be better for them. And then they'll grow up not feeling the way we did of, oh, you don't do that. So you're telling me there's always been a manual on how to process these fucking feelings and and these emotions and these thoughts and how to break them all down. And I've just been like, you know, I mean, I think everyone has uh, there's there's different models and manuals. Right. But one of the things that I truly believe in is you can't separate the mind from the body and the brain from the body and the spirit. They all go together. And so, you know, that's why a big part of my practice integrates culturally centered identity Mm -hmm. affirming practices, because hip hop is very therapeutic. Right. Um. There are, there are, think, thinking about our culture specifically, right? Like my, my grandma's from Boyle Heights. My grandpa's from Eden Gardens, but he moved up to LA to find work after World War II. Every day, my grandma would bring her lawn chair out and sit with her neighbors and talk. Mm-hmm. Our people have always known healing through community, through talking, through, um, through gathering together and having food and, and talking, right? But the problem here's the problem, and I'm not speaking for everyone's everyone's family, but for my family, we're not vulnerable. Mm-hmm. The only times we're vulnerable is when there's alcohol involved. Yeah. Some mariachi music, or my I'm there, family. I'm there, I'm there. Go ahead. My this family like a is fucking like, awesome time. Go ahead. My family, you know, my dad. My dad loves like Tower of Power, right? Like the like old school music. That's when people get in their feelings, yeah. but. If we're not careful, we're going to release that emotion in an unhealthy way. Right. We're going to release that in our... <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's like that light bulb. Like, yes, that's right. <laughs> key, key term brought to you by Brittany. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to release that in our parenting. You know, like that emotion is going to come out somewhere. And, and with our people, it typically comes out with substance use. It comes out in violence. It comes out... Um, in in avoidance, like there's a lot of stuff that that it manifests as. 
Mm-hmm. I think I, 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 I need something like this, bro. Yes. But, and I think going back to your question of has this manual always existed, perhaps like the study of the brain and, and you know, therapists and all that have been around forever. Mm-hmm. But I think the way you describe it, the way you approach it, I don't know that that's always been available yeah. to us. I mean, look, like the reason why I opened my practice is because I don't know one practice in San Diego that consists of BIPOC therapists. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. Most group practices consist of, you know, white middle-aged women. And that's no diss. I connect with them. Oddly enough, I, I'm very... Con- no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Oddly no, enough, it's that's no diss my to, demographic. It's, it's no diss to them. Some of them are cool as hell, right? But like when my clients come and they, they describe like how, you know, there might have been a trauma in the family, but, you know, everyone everyone protected the kids and got the perpetrator out, but nobody talked about it after. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand the concept of how fear and shame are really integrated into our into our culture but then that manifests in different things and i love what uh what uh i don't know her name she was sitting here chef claudia yeah chef claudia she was saying like we're taught to be humble right Mm -hmm. but a big piece of that is our voices have been stripped from us so we don't know how to use our voice Mm -hmm. right and so that manifests that manifests in different ways too we we are we can be very angry because we don't have a voice. We don't have a say, right? Well, we have a say at home with our kids, so let me take it out on them. And that's where we create that generational cycle. Hip-hop therapy, you've touched on it a couple of times. Completely foreign to me. Yeah. But as you've described it, makes complete sense. Yeah, because essentially hip-hop therapy, hip-hop is a culture. I'm not just talking about music, right? Like, I'm, I'll never forget, I worked an inpatient program up in North Park, all these women were coming out of uh, prison during the pandemic because they couldn't hold everyone. They're coming into a group um, uh, uh, inpatient program. Um, and I'll never forget, like, all of them rocked with me because of my shoes. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, like, I just, I'm, I don't know if I would call myself a sneakerhead. I'm just, like, a fan of, like, dope, dope shoes. And, like, I love classics, right? Like, oh, you're the therapist with the dope shoes, right? And then that connected to, like, talking about music and talking about, like, fashion, right? Like, there's a a connection with, with... there's a there's a real connection you can make with people when you understand their culture. And I'm assuming it allows them to put their guard down and in turn it allows you to actually legitimately look at them and be like, oh, okay. That's right. And that's something that I've had to come into myself. When I worked in the, you know... It's hard, right? Because you come into professional settings and it's like, I'm first generation college student. I'm, you know, so coming into professional spaces, I feel, I thought I had to look like a traditional mm. therapist. I thought I had to wear the cardigan sweater and, you know, all that. With the patches on the elbow. Yeah, bro. exactly. And no one knew I loved hip hop. No I just one... threw away a sweater like that. <laughs> no, but that's what they really look like. Um, and the flats and I was like you know what like I got real angry I was like man I'm so frustrated like and I started recognizing that like like people were resonating with me my clients were resonating with me because of who I really am where I come from you know what I'm about and so when I left um, when I left my full-time job I really made it a point to to live that out and that took a lot of courage right because uh, You're going against the grain, and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of therapists out here that that do look like me, and and uh, you know come from my experiences as well. Tell me a little bit about your practice, about the group of therapists you work with, where mm-hmm. where one can find these services that you you provide to the community. 
Yeah, so we're based out of City Heights. We provide virtual therapy, though, and in person. Um, all of the therapists on my team are bilingual except me. I don't speak Spanish, but I brought I brought on a team. Um, I have a therapist out in the Bay Area. I have a therapist out in Esco out here. Uh, and they're all from here, right? They're all they're all from their hometowns. Um, and we don't just service San Diego; we service all of California. So That's a lot beautiful. of a lot of interest. It's very interesting because ever since I've been on TikTok, I don't know if I just resonate with the Bay Area. We have so many Bay Area. You give me clients. Bay Area vibes. Really? You I give think, me Bay Area vibes. I think vibes. it's because like. I honestly, I feel like I don't know if I if I'm gonna get flack for saying this. I don't care, but I feel like some of the best music comes out of the Bay Area. Agreed. Like mm-hmm. su- such classic music comes. Like I, I'm not even talking about hip hop, but just such classic artists come out of the Bay Area. So I don't know. Uh, we have we service all. It's a different culture over there, man. Yeah, you know, it it's is. got a lot of history. It's got a lot of roots out there. It's mm-hmm. like a free thinking. Yeah. Like come one, space. come all, do your thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so that's what that's where we're at, and uh, we take insurance, we take private pay. But again, a big a big issue that we're seeing is access to therapy. So people being able to afford have have insurance. So we're we're looking to partner um, and to be able to provide therapy, quality therapy, right? Because and this is my issue with the mental health field is a lot of people, you know, you got Kaiser, you got everyone, all all these big corporations saying that they're providing therapy, and they do. But is it quality therapy? Is it therapy that it's is... It's like a one-size-fits-all therapy. Exactly. Like the Costco of therapy exactly. is going to be this for you and, that's and the for problem. everybody. That's the problem is, is people don't understand necessarily uh, that there's different models that, that are best, addre- uh, best suited for certain symptoms. But to be trained in those models is a lot of money to get trained in. Right. So I don't know. I, I don't like looking back on it. I don't know if these nonprofits or these big organizations are, are investing in their therapists as they should. But for me, um, I tell everyone this, like my, my people, my community comes first. And so they deserve the best. And so I invest in it, you know, for that reason, because we've suffered a lot. You know, we have a nonprofit here at Emo Brown Foundation, 501c3, mm-hmm. always looking for a way to do good in our hood. Mm-hmm. What are some thoughts, some ideas, some ways, some mechanisms we can inject ourselves in, into what you're doing and giving back? Is there a, a channel where we can kind of like jump on board and be like, hey, you know what? We'd like to help out. We'd like to pay it forward. We'd like to take care of the tab on this. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I definitely think like individual therapy or even groups, right, where we could teach people even psychoeducation about the brain. This is what happens, right? Like, for example, when we get a call and get bad news, what what are we? What, where are we at? We're we're upset, right? And then an hour where our brains start fully coming back on, we're starting to think about things rationally in a logical way, right? And so I think a big piece of it is you know, being able to provide that education to our community that having feelings is normal, right? That it's actually really fucking gangster. You know, like the first people looking about looking at vulnerability. The first person that taught me about the power of vulnerability is Tupac. You know, look at his work. Look at his life. He lives that out. Right. Mm. So running groups, but individual therapy, I think just getting uh, maybe maybe we maybe we don't have enough sessions to process trauma, but maybe we have enough sessions to regulate the nervous system. Right. Maybe we teach them those those techniques that they could carry out. Should they experience loss? Should they experience um, you know, issues with, at at their job or you know even poverty. 
And that's the problem is we think of trauma as like these big traumas. Mm. Like I, I've no, I, I can't begin to tell you how many times people are like, I don't have any, I don't have any, um, back, I don't have any uh, history of trauma. Dude. I'm like, yo, you grew up. You think it would be me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would love a, 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 a Thomas guide of like how to navigate myself through therapy. Like yeah. things to like legitimately ask so I'm not wasting one, mm-hmm. the therapist's time and my fucking time. You know, like I'd like yeah. to go in and let's, uh, you know, an example. I, I go in and visit Brittany in mm-hmm. office and, her th- you know, and I'm going in and say, hey, how you doing? I'm 43, father three, married 17 years, you know, this, that and the other. Um, I don't think I've ever experienced anything traumatic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm only here to check a box. What do so I do? So I would ask you this: Where in your life? Wait, are you an Ottawa? No, don't ask me that. Don't ask me that. Are you ready? Are you ready? Don't ask me that. <laughs> oh, I would. I the first first thing I would ask the person is: Where in your life do you feel stuck? <clears throat> Whatever that is, because trauma. And the Resma Menachem said this. Who and Resma Menachem studies like racial trauma. Typically, trauma exists in stuckness, right? So here's. I'll, I'll put myself on blast. I struggle with imposter syndrome, right? Like not feeling good enough, even though like I'm a pretty well-known therapist out here. I do good work. I'm confident. Logically, I'm confident in that, right? But the trauma that I had to process is my what my principal teacher said about yeah. me. Our principal told, told my parents about me, right? And being treated, like I, they never told me anything directly, but I felt it, right? And so I had to go back and process that like I am good enough. I am qualified. I am gifted to do this. I'm supposed to do this work, right? Uh, versus no matter how hard I work, I'm never going to be good at it. That's how I used to think. And it, it I'm not going to lie, like it pushed me because I wanted to prove people wrong. But now I'm not at war with nobody. I'm at peace with myself. And that's irreplaceable. Damn, I got to get at peace with myself. She just read me, bro. <laughs> she was saying like, for me, for me, like speaking about herself. <laughs> but she was looking at me like, motherfucker, is you, huh? <laughs> Damn, Brittany knows. Brittany be knowing. I'm not going to lie to you. Wifey's always about getting me into therapy. Mm-hmm. My mom out of nowhere surprised me the other day. Nami, mm-hmm. you need therapy. I was like, what the fuck? If I needed this because of you guys or whatever. You know, but I mean, it's, again, it helps. Again, it helps. I, I go back to the unknown. I don't know. I would. Yeah. I don't know what it would be like to go in and, and, and step into a, a therapist's office and then just sit down and be like, okay. Canta pajarito, or like tell me your story, and I'm like, yeah. well, you know, like I wouldn't know, bro. I would feel so out of place. I feel like I don't even know how to do therapy. You know, but I, uh, but right. I think I think like what you do here is it's not too it's not too far fetched, right? Mm-hmm. Like you interview people every day, you know, or you 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 build with people, not interview. You build and you connect with people. Mm-hmm. Everyone always asks where's Waldo, but nobody ever asks how's Waldo. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> <laughs> right? So. That's what it is. A lot of it is can you vibe and can you can you connect with a therapist? And that's why, like, I, I tell all my therapists, you show up as your full self. I don't want you looking what you think you're supposed to. You come. Yeah. That's your dress code, right? And you be your authentic self. Because who I learned that when you do that, the people that resonate with you are going to come. And so, you know, therapy is that. It's just it's connection. It's also, you know... It's also I always ask my clients, "What do you want? To, what do you want to accomplish here?" I don't know. Then I would go back to, well, "Why are you here?" <laughs> and some people might say, "I've had clients like this all the time." My, my wife made me come. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Got uh, you. That's I, an I answer too. Mm-hmm. Damn it! I can't say that. Porque me dijo mi wife. It's so funny because I, I especially men, I have men come into my office. And I'm like, 
fucking hate therapy. And then like they're crying 10 minutes yeah, later, right? Yeah, and so uh, that- But I don't hate therapy. I just don't know what it is. You yeah. know, I don't know. I don't hate the mm-hmm. uh, Italian language. I just don't know what the fuck it is. No, 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 right, right, right. To me, therapy just, is just crying. a language that I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to decipher. I don't know how to break down that maybe when I learn how to speak that language, it's going to unlock a bunch of closed doors inside Absolutely. of my head. Well, and, and another thing too is like, we need to talk about decolonizing therapy. Mm. Ooh, what's, because, that? what's that? Well, because therapy from a westernized perspective is like, I'm the expert because I have this formalized training and you're the sick patient. Mm-hmm. No, Let I me don't, treat you. I don't see people that way. And that goes back to connecting to the indigenous practices. And, and it, I, I'm not just an advocate of therapy. You know, maybe therapy is not, not for you or not something you're open to or want to do right now. But maybe other spiritual practices are, Right. Um, and so I think that, again, it goes back to looking at the indigenous roots of what, you know, think about this. Our people have always known healing through rhythm and movement. Always. You know, I think about my grandma getting her lawn chair out with her her, her friends or her, her neighbors and talking. They're processing their day. Right. So I think we need to get a, I think therapy is scary to our people because we think of it in a westernized approach. It's for rich people. It's for white people. I used to think the same thing. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that there needs to be enough spaces uh, and therapy practices like ours where we're providing therapy. We're, you know, we're chill. It's a chill spot. Right. And you can we got food. We got, you know, we got we got water and Gatorades and all sorts of stuff in our office, whatever makes you feel. And that's just our offering to like I, I always tell people you come into this is not my office. This is your space for the next 15 minutes. This is your space. What are we doing? So sometimes we're, you know, for for young kids, we're playing a game. Sometimes we're doing art. Sometimes we're getting to learn how to be comfortable in our bodies. And that's the biggest problem with us. We're afraid to cry because we don't have a good relationship with our bodies. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless, we, unless we drink, right? <laughs> yeah. Unless we drink. Mm. And, then, and so that's... Tell me more about the relationship with our bodies. Like the actual physical mm-hmm. uh, representation of our bodies or like the way we process thoughts and feelings. Or, all of that. Yeah. All of that. I believe all of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if somebody, if somebody asks me or someone tells me in therapy, like, I'm just feeling really stressed today. And I ask them, where do you feel stress? Locate that in their body. The first thing that they're going to do is they're going to look lost. like. But then they start learning, right? A lot of people hold it in the heart center. Trauma is often stored in the gut, right? Sometimes our tension is up here. So the next time you're stressing, you're, you're more aware of your body. You can stop yourself and be like, damn, I need to regulate. Maybe I need to go on that walk. Maybe I need to, uh, maybe I need to breathe. Like, how many times do we, like, how when we're going through it, do we forget that we need to breathe, mm-hmm. right? And so a lot of it, like I said, you can't disconnect the brain from the body. You have to address both together. Man, this, this is, I think this is my first therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> I think legit, like, it, 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 I'm going to make it a point before the year is over to at least, you know, take a step in that direction. Yeah, explore. Not, not necessarily because, like, I go, oh, no, no. Therapy no es para mí. Yo soy de rancho. Yo no soy así. You know, like I've never been that guy. Like I, I've I've never been that guy, the macho guy. I've always been like, I don't think I need it. You know, I, I think right. everything's okay. You know, I think I think I'm fine. You know, but then honestly, honestly, the 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 last couple of years, I've dealt with the imposter syndrome, not necessarily of like who I am and what I've become, but the responsibilities that I hold and who I'm 
who holds me responsible? Mm-hmm. Like my kids, mm-hmm. you know, like wifey, like parents more now, I feel like than never. Like those things weigh heavy on me. It's yeah. like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing this? Knowing that I know the, the the end game could potentially be beneficial for everybody in my corner, everybody in my circle, but is this is this reckless to do? You know, like like things like that are are the 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 ideas and the thoughts that kind of go through me, and that shit is heavy for me. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's hard for me. Yeah, it's a lot of like pressure. I'll I'll be in bed not sleeping. You know, like some days, like when everything's good, I'm out. The, my head hits a pillow and less than, less than 30 seconds, mm-hmm. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm just looking at the ceiling. Oh, man, I got to do this. I got to do that. If I don't do this, that's going to fuck this up. But if this gets fucked up, it's just going to ruin everything. And then my mind just kind of starts going. Yeah. Boom, creating a spider web of negative thoughts. Before I knew it, I got to get up. I got to go smoke or I got to go outside mm-hmm. and just chill and be like, what the fuck? Like, stop. Mm-hmm. Like, stop. What are you doing? Like, it's hard to quiet the mind. You right? can't. Yeah. My shit is loud. Yeah. My shit. You think I'm loud? and obnoxious inside my head it's, it's amplified worse? it's Damn. worse bro imagine like five steves and you're like hey you ain't oh, shit yeah no. and then just dealing with that so i mean i feel like if, if that's something that i need to work on or need to uh, like engage mm-hmm. so that that's your nervous system dysregulated right probably i don't you're, know you're <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. so yeah i mean the same thing happens to me especially when you create something so powerful like this platform you know like this is I'm so honored to be here. I've been following you guys for a oh, minute, right? Easy. Seriously. No, I really mean that. But it is a lot of pressure when you think about like your reputation, what you stand for, because you're not doing this just for you. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? So I, I, I sit with that same stuff as well. So how do I deal with it? Like a water? What, what do I do? Some tea? Yeah, what do I, I do? What's some tea? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> cafecito de olla? No, I, I love that though. I, I often talk about like nurturing ourselves. What does it mean to nurture ourselves? That, that seems so lame, right? But sometimes we need to drink water. Sometimes we need to rest. For me, like, yo, sleeping in has been so hard because I was right. My dad was like super militant, right? We had to get up, be ready by seven. If not, you're lazy. Mm. So sleeping in until 730 has been very difficult for me. But I've had to learn. Sometimes we do need to nurture ourselves. Sometimes you might have like a super stressful day here, right? Or you know you can't you can't sleep the night before you're feeling it in the body and that's why you got to pay attention to how your body responds to things sometimes you do need to just eat a good meal or connect with yourself connect with your body and nurture yourself so i love that but i think essentially you need we need i always the best piece of advice i always give uh that was given to me that i give to my clients is pay attention to how your body responds to people places and things whatever that is right notice where you feel it And if that's not a is that if that's not a good feeling, then you gotta ground and center yourself. Sometimes it's a bike. Like my husband loves to cycle. If he's in cycle, like we're beefing it. So I'm like, you need to go cycle. Go, right? go ride your bike. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I have to make music. Like I mean, I have to like that's just my or I have to go to the gym at five and show up for myself. I have to do that because if I don't, then I can't show up in session for other. I can't show up for my kids. You know what I mean? How do you expect to be loved if you don't love yourself, Chicle? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to explore ideas for how we could support community members to access, even as you were describing, just some basic tools. Yeah. You know, whether it's in a, in a group setting or mm-hmm. individual setting. But I'm curious, like, even now you have this team. Mm-hmm. How many people from our community actually get to access what, what you provide? Oh, like people that, that that actually have access to insurance and right. Well, I'm just thinking, like yeah. you know, I, I I'm working in Lemon Grove. Yeah, I'm working with students that 
You know, I'm thinking of one one student who lost dad. I believe dad was murdered. Mm. You know, recently mm-hmm. in the recent past. You know, so he's dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And mom, you know, moved moved forward in life. You know, just yeah. had a, he just has a new sibling, mm-hmm. and I see him struggling like mightily. You know, and I keep trying to connect mm-hmm. and find ways to get to know him. And yeah, dad's like, man, like I want to help you. He's like, well, what do you mean? How are you going to help me? And I just started listing everything, everything that I could think of. Like, mm-hmm. I could help you with this. I could help you with that. I could help you. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I could just feel him like, mm-hmm. nope, like mm-hmm. nobody can help me. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, yeah. come on, man. Like, I let know. me in. It's, it's so like after after a traumatic thing like that happens, right? Um, what happens is, again, the nervous system becomes um, dysregulated and the release of stress hormones occur in the body. Epinephrine, neuroepinephrine, cortisol, adrenaline. So that's why the heart might be racing. We get that mm-hmm. sunken feeling. We feel sick to our stomach. That's those stress hormones. If you sit with that for too long, right, and most of us do because our families aren't self they don't soothe us like we don't talk right that's what kids especially kids that's what kids need is we need uh co-regulation so that might sound like i don't know what the answers are but i'm really glad that you're open to talking with me or connecting with me Mm -hmm. it's it's just a powerful uh experience of feeling connected we need that as humans so if you don't get that for too long what happens is these narratives that we begin to tell ourselves because dad passed because um because we lost somebody right begin to get real in our heads and those Mm. negative thoughts might be that i could have done something it's my fault right think about kids when their parents get a divorce what's the number one thing they believe about themselves they did it they were the reason they were the reason and they could have everyone in the world telling them but if they don't have that co-regulation that happens they believe it's my fault Mm -hmm. so then they get an f on a test it's my fault, right? They don't make the team. It's my fault. Something's wrong with me. And that's, you know, we think about our age, we probably have so many narratives about ourselves that feel so, so, so true. And that's the problem is like, logically, we know that these, these things are true, but what we feel doesn't match what we know. So the models that we're trained in is to merge those two. So that now I really do believe I'm good enough, that I really do believe that I am worthy of human connection or that it's not my fault, that it was their problem, and, and right? So um, I think that that's what happens. That's the cycle in the brain is stress hormones are released. These narratives start. We call them negative cognitions, right? And then after we get triggered, and the triggers are anything associated to that original event, Oof. right? And the thing that links those two triggers is the physical sensation in the body, the tightness in the chest, right? And that's how we, what we do in therapy is we address the whole trauma network. Trauma is real in the brain. If you compare two CT scans from a child that was severely neglected to a child that wasn't, their brains look different. So we have to know that trauma is very real. We can see it in the brain. Dang. I'm learning a lot, man. I'm unwrapping yeah. a lot today. Yeah. I'm hoping this isn't the last time I get an opportunity to talk to Brittany because I feel like I need to learn some more about myself. Yeah. <laughs> what a, what a, and I think another thing that might benefit people, or the community too, is just having an open, open platform where we talk about yeah. what is therapy, what is it like 
do I qualify for therapy under insurance, right? Like, uh, can I request a free consultation? Yes, right? Like, all, what are the resources? What do I ask? Like, you know, all of these things. Uh, we don't know about it. And I think the other problem is we get therapists confused with church counselors, church counselors confused yeah. with like all these other specialists. We need to know the, the difference. Not to say that one's better than the other, but we need to just know the difference. Right. They serve different purposes. Yeah, absolutely. In essence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. I need to know what it looks like. You know, I, I, I know the word. You know, I, I know the practice. Mm -hmm. I understand what the end of the game should be. I just don't know what it is. So, I, so I'd encourage you. There's my one of my favorite uh, episodes or uh, shows right now. Well, it's been it's been one of my favorite shows for a while. It's called The Therapist. It's on Vice. Okay. As a real therapist, psychotherapist that sits down with YG, with Waka Flocka, oh, wow. with like real artists and does real therapy. And you get to watch it all. And you get to watch it all. It's so dope. Like, the are they way laying on a couch and they sit behind no, them no, with no, a no. notepad? No. no. <laughs> but Joey Badass was on there. Um, but to, you know, you see them as artists, but like, yo, they've been through it. That's one layer. They have been through it. You know, they talk about loss and, you know, survivor's guilt. You know, YG talks about getting shot, like all sorts of stuff. So I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. yeah. It sounds better than the Housewives of Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> they need some. <laughs> they need some drastic therapy. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's my therapy. Just my guilty pleasures yeah, yeah, of watching yeah, TV like that, garbage TV. I rock yeah. with that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any wrap-up questions for Brittany? Yeah, I think mm -hmm. just my biggest question, like how do we make this happen? How can we partner with you? You know, we have a, a partner nonprofit a vision culture that is very much about mental health and mm -hmm. re is involved with them oh. you know so definitely want to do something for our communities and and i think you you pointed it out like just sharing more information yeah i think that's where we got to right? start because there, like there's some like has a therapist like is so eager when the when the people when when my family or even my community is open to it because i'm like let's go right but talking about reprocessing the trauma in the brain is like oftentimes too much yeah and we need to just know first we need to know like what is this right right like what can i ask you know all, all just like the fundamental basic questions um yeah. my team is totally open to coming here and just like that's what i was gonna ask i think that would be rad to have like a a, a presentation because mm -hmm. we do pride ourselves on, on the warehouse being like a community center you know mm -hmm. it's like people mm -hmm. who 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 mess with this part of the social club have access to come in here. Mm -hmm. So what better way to like introduce people into what they're, I'm not the only one, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know I'm not the only one that doesn't really know the ins and outs of why or how I should be, you know, going to therapy or what therapy looks like. To, so to have somebody come in, that's as cool as you. And then just kind of like strips it down on this is what it is, you know, like yeah. this is why everyone needs it. This is how it works with body and mind and everything, all mm. the connections. I think like one, this podcast is going to be awesome. This, this episode is going to be like really cool putting it out and, and people will, they'll take to it. They'll, they'll, they'll be able to wrap their heads around. Oh shit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Damn. I do need that. You know, I've never had that. Oh, yeah. that's all it is. Okay, well, the misconception that I always thought knew was this, yeah. or I always thought it was that. Mm -hmm. You're like, you coming on here and, and giving us the opportunity to kind of pick your brain and say, well, this is what, I don't know what this is. And you just kind of breaking it down. If we can have that on a larger scale yeah. and have, you know, like we have people come in here and we'll set up the nice little stage for you guys and you guys can, you know, just, I think that would be great. Yeah. I want to introduce that into what we do here, like CPR classes or, or yeah. you know, mental health checkups mm -hmm. or other things, you know, how to, 
the importance of credit, the downfalls of credit, how to purchase yeah. a home, how to, you know, what you need to do to purchase a home. all of that, right? It, it, yeah. It, I mean, I, I think mental health clearly through the pandemic has become, I, I was thinking on my way here, like when we had, uh, was Mr. Oyo's new title? Uh, the second highest ranking Mexican in Chula Vista. Okay, when we had him on the <laughs> podcast and he talked about like a rise in, in domestic mm-hmm. violence, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, like suddenly we get out of the pandemic. I'm driving down the highway and there's like three billboards for divorce lawyers. You know, like all these things that I, like I, and thinking about it, like, man, like if people were just taking care of themselves, you know, how would that have improved relationships, you mm-hmm. know, or, or all these things that come up. Right. And yeah. so I, I think how do we make this more accessible to people and, yeah. and palatable in the sense of like it's it's not what we grew up thinking it's not scary it's not bad it's okay yeah i mean the aim with my team is to provide a a team of therapists that look like the community you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so that's one because representation matters i also have interns that come in that are in graduate school that could provide free therapy under my my supervision um, but we could run groups too. Like I, I'm in trained in uh, an assist model, and it's a uh, specifically for um, it's for sudden onsets of trauma. So there's teams. Uh, it's developed by Dr. Herrero. He runs the EMDR Institute of Mexico. So he'll go to like places where there's a natural disaster, earthquake, and he'll oh, wow. he'll perform these exercises to regulate the nervous system. Yeah. If you regulate the nervous system, then we're decreasing symptoms of PTSD. Right. Wow. And so we're we're trained in models like powerful that. stuff, man. It is. It is, and it's all it's all science based. There's research on it, right? Um, um, but again, I think that there's so much that we could do. But I think first it starts with connection and mm-hmm. getting to you know the fact that I have therapists that, that are bilingual and that could speak speak of this in the la- in in the language. Like that's yeah. a different. It's a different that's experience. Huge. Yeah. Yep. Have you shared? Did you say what your practice is called? Where where they can people? Where can people find you? Look you up? Yeah, yeah. So my practice is called Hillmatic Group Practice, inspired by the the album Illmatic, which in my opinion is one of the most important hip hop albums of history. I named it after um, Illmatic because I feel like Illmatic is a story, American story of marginalized and oppressed youth. And when I went to New York and I heard those stories, I came back to San Diego and they were the same. And so it was my way of honoring their stories, but also honoring how much hip hop has brought healing into my life. Um, and yeah, you can find me uh, on Instagram. I'm on Instagram, on TikTok, B Williams LCSW. Chigley, you did it again. <laughs> hey, I talked. You talked. <laughs> you did. Bro. You yeah. talked. You, you talked, bro. <laughs> you, you, you brought another amazing guest, friend of the show now. Yeah. Somebody who I know for a fact we're not going to. There's there's a relationship building here, man. Yes. We're, we're going to take it to the next level, no doubt. We yeah. Brittany Williams. Let's work. Thank you for thank coming you. in. Thank you. And showing us what's up with my brain. Because I know there's things <laughs> anytime, going on anytime. there, man. <laughs> Thoughts on Immortal Technique? I love Immortal Hell Technique. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite, dog. He's I, my favorite. Dude, I can nice. watch his YouTube videos. He He's so smart. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. smart. Underestimated yeah. always. Yeah, and he's I love just, I just needed to know. Solidified. Yeah. Boom. Of course. Seal of approval. Seal of approval. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the extremely knowledgeable and powerful Ms. Brittany Williams. Thank you. Yeah.